On the TV, on the radio, and even social media, everyone has become a debater. Hot heads, hot takes, and lots of hot air are now the norm. But only one can be the master debater. This is Master Debaters from News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And I'm Dennis Foley. Welcome to Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. Joining us this week, you can hear him every weekday afternoon on Fox News Headlines 24-7 on Sirius XM Channel 115, Matt Napolitano. Hey, Matt. Hey, Dennis. How you doing? Uh, pretty good. Our next debater writes the Garbage Day newsletter about the latest web culture. Hello, Ryan Broderick. Hey. Hello. And our third debater is in a secret location, not in Washington, D.C., working on a secret project. James Ponce. Hey, James. Hey, how's it going? That's all I can tell you, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So they will all be presenting arguments in an effort to try to win over our judge, who this week is Casey from Leon Valley. Hey, Casey. Casey's job is to analyze and critique each response our contestants uh, give to questions I present throughout the show. Along with being the guy that asks all the questions and demanding answers, I'm also the show's referee. So if I hear something that I don't like or maybe merits a penalty, you will hear this whistle. So before we get started, let's give our contestants the chance to get to know the judge a little bit better by asking a question. We're going to start with Matt. Any questions for our judge, Casey? All right, Casey. How are you doing, man? Um, (laughs) uh, Let me get your thoughts. Urban Meyer just became head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. What do you think? Uh, I, I guess I think it's a good fit for him. I like him. I, I mean, I like it. Like, I, I like the Urban Meyer uh, fit over there. A young team doesn't really have a whole lot to lose. And a bunch of draft picks over the next couple of years. And really, it's uh, kind of a no-lose situation for a really unprecedented spot for him. So, I like it. I like it. All right, Ryan, do you have a question for a judge, Casey? Yeah, I've been working on this theory that you can kind of tell everything you need to know about somebody by making them pick one of these two appliances. So would you say that you're more of an Instant Pot person or more of an air fryer person? Uh, That is a very revealing question. I didn't think of it like that. Uh, Probably air fryer. Mind you, I don't own an air fryer. I do not. Um, my mom does though, and she raves about it. And every time I'm back home to see her, she's always using the air fryer quite frequently and everything she makes is quite delicious with it. So I guess if I had to go with the two, I would probably go with the air fryer. Like, like, I don't know how to use one. If you put one in front of me, I don't know how to use one, but if I did, I'd probably (laughs) go that route. Okay. And James, do you have a question for a judge, Casey? Yeah, Casey. So, you know, I'm a fellow Texan, uh, and I'm not doing this for points, but if you had to choose barbecue, and who cares if this is mainly a colloquial thing for Texans, but are you going Rudy's or Black? Uh, We'll go Rudy's. Okay, that we'll tells me a lot about you. Kind, All right, I'm, right, I'm going to write that yeah, down. Yeah, I'm, I'm, kind, I'm kind of largely, in, yeah, I'm kind of largely in the indifferent part of that uh, when it comes to the two. But let me go, let me go the Rudy's route. All right, I'm going to write that down in barbecue sauce. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> From well, a secret I'm, location. Like, I'm yeah, no, but I'm like more like, and this, this sounds so damn extra, but like the the more mom and pop shop kind of guy. You know, especially in the support local businesses kind of world that we live in now. More of that kind of route. But anyway. All right. Go ahead, Foley. Let's start the debate. Opening arguments on Master Debaters. Yeah. Time to open up the show with opening arguments, as the name implies. In this segment, I'll give each combatant one question. And that combatant answers the question, and our judge Casey will give them a score between 0 and 10 points. They will have 30 seconds for their argument, and a buzzer will let them know when that time is up. So, this past week, there had been some significant sports news. The Houston Rockets traded James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets. Urban Meyer moves up to the NFL to become the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, of course, the most important news of all, clearly, the NHL is back in action. So, Matt, which is the biggest deal of the three? 
30 seconds. You know, I would have said the uh, NHL season at the beginning of the week, but the second that James Harden news came down yesterday, everybody completely forgot that five hockey games were taking place last night, even though props to the Tampa Bay Lightning come away with the season opening victory, not even raising their uh, Stanley Cup banner up to the rafters out of respect to the fans for when they can eventually come back into the arena. Real cool move by them. But James Harden on the move to the Brooklyn Nets, now their problem after they gave up everything but Kevin Durant and the kitchen sink to get him was definitely the top story of the week. And we'll see how he does and blends in with Kyrie Irving and KD, especially when Kyrie comes back. All right, Casey, 0-10. to 10, What do you score that? Well, I'm largely indifferent to hockey now. I was before when I didn't live in Texas. Now I live in Texas, and no one knows what a hockey puck is in San Antonio. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, Harden's, uh, Harden of those three is the only acceptable answer, and as a result, Give, him, give my man a 10 spot. I'm in a generous mood. I'm okay. in a generous mood. All right. So, uh, Ryan, just what could put a dent in that New Year's resolution to lose weight? How about cookies on demand? The Girl Scouts say they are teaming up with Grubhub to get their cookies into the hands of customers in select markets who are craving tagalongs, dosi doughs, thin mints, or other flavors. The service organization says online ordering through the Grubhub website or its delivery app would start in February, with more markets introduced as the cooking-selling season progresses through April. Grubhub says it's waiving all commission fees for Girl Scouts USA. The pandemic has also prompted the Girl Scouts to offer drive-through pickup sites. Jennifer Kuyper, CBS News. So, Ryan, does having Girl Scout cookies on demand add or take away from the Girl Scout cookie experience? 30 seconds. You know, I'm honestly torn about this because, like, the Girl Scouts, they're hustlers, right? Like, they're vicious. Like, they, they're they going to get their money no matter what. At the same time, though, I don't know if I trust Grubhub. I don't know if people are familiar with this, but they spent a while last year uh, creating fake restaurants um, to, like, launder Chuck E. Cheese pizzas. And, like, Grubhub is just, like, kind of a rough company. So I don't know if I like them very much. I think if I had to choose, though, I'm going to say the Girl Scouts are going to do whatever they can to get money because, like, that's their oper- like their operation. So I'm going to say, like, go for it, guys. All right. Casey, score 0 to 10. We're going to, uh, like I said, Dennis, I'm in a given mood. We're going to dole out another 10 spot right there because, yes. one, I'm in the same boat. I don't trust Uber Eats, Scrubhub, any of those guys. I don't like this. I don't like a, a second party messing with my food going through the middle. And, and yeah. The, the girl smart the girl scouts part of of that grind that hustle that's that's the experience right there you know i mean i, I gotta show them love if they're sitting out outside of a shop right or wherever heb for five and a half hours making like 400 bucks gotta respect the hustle man i'm gonna give him another 10 all right so james if I were to flip a coin and ask you to call heads or tails, which do you call and why? 30 seconds. Well, I think heads is kind of the always bet on black coin tosses. Now, coin toss came around when coins first came about. I'm making this up, of course. But if it was true, well, of course, heads was always the president. Now, nowadays, I know what's going to happen. It's going to switch because President Trump, they're going to say, hey, guess what? He's never going to be in a coin. So it's not going to change anything about it. But easy answer, heads is easy. Just it's kind of like the bet on black. I think most people will say always bet the heads. Casey, score zero to ten. What the hell was that question? (laughs) 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 You know, just. Just for having a uh, an on your toes answer for such a, a, a for a question like that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him a ten too. I told you, Dennis, I'm feeling in a given mood. All right, I'm throwing, well, I'm throwing out all the ten spots. Awesome. Well, coming up, we met our sports quota. So, how about some entertainment? We'll debate that and much more next on Natural Debaters from KTSa. This is Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. So things are going to start to heat up a little bit, a little more combative. We have Matt Napolitano, Ryan Broderick, and James Ponce this week competing to convince our judge, Casey, that their argument is the best argument. And if you'd like to be a judge on a future edition of Master Debaters, head over to KTSA.com and enter to be a judge. So let's keep the debate going. For argument's sake. So in this part of the show, I'm going to give all three contestants the same question. They will each take a turn presenting their argument on that topic. 
After they all take their 30 seconds to respond, our judge will then give each of them anywhere from 0 to 10 points for their responses. The first topic, there will be some megawatt star power at Joe Biden's inauguration ceremony at the Capitol next Wednesday. Lady Gaga will perform the national anthem during Joe Biden's inauguration ceremony next Wednesday. Jennifer Lopez will give a musical performance. Both artists endorsed Biden and did campaign-related events for him last year. The inaugural committee also announced the ceremony will begin with an invocation by Father Leo O'Donovan, a longtime friend of the Biden family and former president of Georgetown University here in Washington. The Biden inaugural events have been dramatically scaled back due to COVID-19 and now concerns about security in the wake of last week's violent attack at the Capitol. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. So we're start with Matt. Will you be watching the inauguration because of the entertainers scheduled to perform? 30 seconds. I'd like to know who has ever thought I'm going to tune into an inauguration of a U.S. president solely for the entertainment. Yeah, you know, you get that good factor in there. I always think back to Barack Obama's first inauguration with Aretha Franklin's massive hat. May she rest in peace. But the fact of the matter is we're tuning in to see a change in power. We're tuning in to see the transition. Obviously, there's not going to be that much pageantry this year when you consider the fact that we're still in a pandemic. But no one's tuning in for Lady Gaga. No one's tuning in for J-Lo. They're tuning in for the chance to see the 46th president of the United States be sworn in, as well as the first ever female vice president of the United States. Ryan, 30 seconds. Okay, look, I'm going to watch it. I'm not watching it to see the president get inaugurated. I'm not watching it for history. I'm watching it to see, like... If we can do this peacefully, uh, I'm completely freaked out. I think like a lot of people, um, if I happen to be able to watch Lady Gaga and a band I like quite a bit, Fall Out Boy, fun fact, they're playing the inauguration, kind of weird, right? Like that's totally fine. Will I be able to focus and like relax and enjoy it? Absolutely not. Like it's going to be a complete disaster of a day and I'll be on pins and needles until it's over. James, 30 seconds. Uh, I wish I could say I'm watching just for the commercials and my buddies are coming over with beer and we're doing some like wing kind of thing. It's a Super Bowl. What? No. What's going on? This is horrible. How has this become Coachella? Hey, guys, check it out. I'm going to be on the grounds of the inauguration watching a 70-something-year-old man take over the country. We're giving him the keys of the country. This should be almost like a Star Wars scene of the Empire where, where the one Sith Lord takes over and another Sith Lord. It should be evil and demonic to scare America. Why are we having so much fun with this thing? Casey, what scores do you want to give out? Zero to ten. All right. Uh, which way do I start? Either way you Matt, want. Matt, either, either. Okay. Let's uh, let's start with James. We're going to go eight solely for entertainment value because I thought there were many references and parallels that I liked there. We'll give him an eight spot. Same for Ryan. Uh, mainly the big thing there with Ryan is that I am pretty much share the exact same sentiment sitting on the pens and needles and just wondering what the hell is going to go on. But Matt is going to get the win here. Why? Because he made a reference to something nobody remembers in Aretha Franklin, or at least for me, Aretha Franklin wearing a hat and just recalling a performance from the inauguration period. I, I don't, I don't know if I'm, I mean, maybe I'm in the minority, but I don't, I could never reference one previous performance ever at the inauguration so give him that a nine all right next topic are you hungry for a snack we'll grab some worms when the new year new you meal plan goes bland make some room for worms the european union's food safety agency has given a green light for the slimy creatures to be part of a protein-rich diet researchers found that dried yellow mealworms are safe for snacking either whole or in powder form. And that's correspondent Diane King Hall. And some like to eat yellow mealworms as a crunchy snack. Others like to dip them in chocolate. Ryan, worms, yes or no? 30 seconds. All right. So I have eaten bugs before. I've had crickets. Uh, I've had like other creepy crawly things. It's fine. It doesn't really taste like anything. It bothers me. At the same time, though, like, it's probably good for the environment and like the environment's really not doing so hot right now so like if a bunch of people want to eat worms and we get to like keep swimming in the ocean like that's a fair deal to me it bothers me i probably wouldn't do it myself but like let's 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 fix this thing by eating some bugs sure why not james 30 seconds Remember when we first started buying waters from like 7-Eleven and at first that was a thing, bottling water and you would go in and like, oh, who's who's buying water? We have it everywhere. Uh, we have bugs everywhere too. If it's that good for you, 
Just go to your yard and just scoop up a little, your little net and just, hey, there you go. I'm getting lunch, honey. We're getting, no. I mean, I, I'm saying no in particular just for the kind of people raising bugs for you to buy them. Like, come on, you guys. This is just another gambit, another money pool you're getting stuck. Matt, 30 seconds. I just want to know what led to this entire trend of like these high protein critters like worms and crickets and beetles. Like, why is all this stuff becoming part of like some odd diet that CrossFitters are getting into? It just disgusts me entirely. It makes no sense. Honestly, the only acceptable worms for me that are edible are gummy worms. And that's the end of it. Also, have you ever had dirt cake where you get the crumbled up Oreos with the gummy worms? That stuff is delicious. I recommend that to anybody who thinks that eating regular worms is a better idea. Maybe, you know, get yourself off that beaten path. Just saying. All right, Casey. Score zero to ten. I'm going to make Ryan the high man here. I'm going to give Ryan a nine because Ryan was the only one that was just so in the middle. Everyone else so negative about this. Jeez. So give Ryan a nine and, uh, I don't know. We'll give the other two guys. We'll give them both a seven. All right, next topic, a pigeon survival story might not have a happy ending. <laughs> a racing pigeon survived an 8,000-mile crossing of the Pacific Ocean from the U.S. to Australia, hitching a ride for some of it on a cargo ship. Trouble is, the creature is a quarantine risk, and officials plan to kill it if they can catch it. Professionals have been called in for that. There is concern the pigeon could be a threat to the food supply and wild bird populations. It showed up the day after Christmas. It disappeared from a race in Oregon two months earlier and is registered to an owner in Alabama. Steve Kathan, CBS News. So we're going to start with James. Uh, should the pigeon live or die? 30 seconds. <laughs> the pigeon should live. That's awesome that they knew. they knew it was an American pigeon. First off, how did they know it had like a gold chain around its neck and sunglasses and asking people to take a picture for it? Hey, can you take a picture for the gram? Hey, come on. I need your help. How do they know? It's got to live. Come on, you guys can quarantine it. Go through all the rules that we as humans do and give it the 14-day quarantine rule. And now it's a hero. Are you kidding me? An American hero at that. Matt, 30 seconds. Should the pigeon live or die? I mean, maybe I'm a little biased being in New York. My thoughts on pigeons are very, very much negative. But for some reason, I love this story. So I'm saying you got to let this little guy live. I think you let him quarantine, give him 14 days in a hotel room, pay a lot to the housekeeper that's going to have to clean up that hotel room after 14 days because it's just going to be an absolute mess. And let Mike Tyson know that his bird escaped. Let him be aware of the fact that this poor thing went all the way from Alabama to Oregon and circumnavigated the globe and found its way back. I'm sure he's worried sick about it. And Ryan, should the pigeon live or die? 30 seconds. Look, uh, everyone's kind of saying the same thing here, so I'm going to say kill a pigeon. Like, it knew what it did when it left uh when it entered a country without uh permission it doesn't have a visa it didn't go through customs uh it's probably some sort of environmental hazard i mean i know australia is pretty rough about that they got really mad at johnny depp for his dogs a couple years ago that was like a whole thing like they're really strict about this thing like sorry pigeon like you gotta die <laughs> <laughs> like respect sovereign country's borders i don't know sure Casey, uh, what points would you give out? Zero to ten. Screw that damn pigeon. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> let's uh, since Ryan and I were on the same page again, let's let's give him a nine and give the other two guys sevens. I'm not messing around with COVID anymore, man. You know what? If, if I have any chance to get rid of it, if it means a pigeon's gotta go, pigeon's gotta go. Sorry, pigeon. <laughs> Next topic, gun sales have been soaring for months, as they often do before and after an election. But, uh, and this is not related to the previous story. Just want to make that clear. Oh, killing the pigeon with a gun? <laughs> but now there are shortages of supplies and prices are skyrocketing. A lot of the people that are claiming, you know, 300, 400% increase in ammo sales, I have a hard time believing that. Taylor Graff at Ray Sporting Goods in Dallas says there's just too little supply to support those kinds of increases. The chain is what the chain is. We're one of the biggest gun stores in the nation. We get uh, the availability to ammo and guns before most people do, and we're not able to get it like that. Local firearms dealers tell me they're also seeing more first-timers shopping for guns. 
at a time when prices are skyrocketing because of panic buying. That's KTBT-TV's Robbie Owens in Dallas. So, uh, Matt, if we run out of guns, what's the next best option? 30 seconds. Duck and cover? I, I don't know what you want me to say to this. Like, I mean, I'm not shocked at all if there's a gun shortage in this country. I mean, I would have believed that if you told me this basically any year in the past, oh, roughly two decades. But if you're looking for any other kind of way of, like, coming back at people, I don't know, get your machete ready? I don't know. What the hell you want me to say to this? Get yourself some kind of defense or, like, you know, figure out karate. I don't know. This is, I, I honestly got nothing. I'm so thrown off by this. And that's why we like to call the show Master Debaters. 30 seconds. Uh, Ryan, uh, what's the next best option to guns? 30 seconds. Wait, I'm like, I'm still sort of struggling to understand. <laughs> uh, okay, I, I hate guns. I don't think they should exist at all. And um, I, I'm bummed out that so many people are buying guns that they're running out. But also, like, people should have them, uh, especially in, like, large cities. Like, if you live in rural areas, fine, I guess. But, like... I don't want guns anywhere near me. Um, also, like, I mean, you're buying a gun to what? Like, take down, like, a predator drone? Like, we're so far beyond. Sorry, I have a lot of complicated thoughts for the Second Amendment. And I'm completely flustered. <laughs> All right, James. Same, same. James, 30 seconds. What do you say? Oh, my God. Sim simple answer. Rocks. Rocks from the beginning of time has been the ultimate weapon. I mean, you need David and Goliath? Rock. Uh you, you ever see one of those scenes of, uh, like, the, the Middle East? You know, goodness forbid, they're fighting for their, their freedom, and they're throwing rocks at tanks. I mean, a, a rock was your, your childhood friend when you wanted to get the bully away. Remember that? Or the, the dog that was running at you? I mean, it's as easy as that, putting a sling, putting a slingshot. Just just huck it at someone. Rock's going to do just as good. Breaks windows just as good as a bullet does. <laughs> Casey, what scores you want to give out for those arguments? Um... Uh, well, Ryan didn't really answer the question, so we're, we're going to have to hit him with a five just for the effort right there. The rock thing, that's, that's, that's valid. Uh, well, we'll give James an eight, but machete's the way to go, man. Nat threw that in there right at the buzzer. He said, I don't know, machete? So that was, that, that's the answer. He beat the horn. Machete counts. So give Nat a nine. All right, next topic. A few new names announced to guest host Jeopardy. Ken Jennings, currently the first guest host to take over Alex Trebek's Jeopardy podium. He'll be there for six weeks of shows, and now we know who will come next. The show officially confirming Katie Couric is a guest host, along with former NFL quarterback and celebrity Jeopardy champion Aaron Rodgers, actress and neuroscientist Mayim Bialik, and CBS journalist Bill Whitaker. They'll rotate in throughout the coming months. The show's producers have said they'll take their time picking a replacement for Trebek, who died last November of cancer. Jason Nathanson, ABC News. So we're going to start with Ryan. Now, describe to me the perfect person to replace Alex Trebek. You don't have to name a specific person. Just give me some attributes. What what kind of uh, compilation of attributes would make the perfect host for Jeopardy 30 seconds? Alex Trebek had this really incredible, like, unearned arrogance, right? And this also, like, kind of, like, almost like sexy swagger and he was also like incapable of understanding a joke but also was very funny it's like a very specific kind of person and i feel like it makes sense in the context of jeopardy because you're surrounded by like the smartest people in the country so you need someone who's just like so aloof but also the superior to them and like, that makes the right jeopardy host all right james 30 seconds You are muted. I'm sure it's a great argument. <laughs> Maybe he's saying no one should replace Alex Trebek. That could be an argument right yeah. there, too. I'm not going to give Matt any ideas. He's next. What did James wager? <laughs> Matt, 30, <laughs> 30 second argument. Uh, well, as a former Jeopardy runner up uh, right before Alex passed away, I got to say, you know, being in that studio with him and just being in his presence and just having that sort of way to where it made knowledge feel cool. But he had this ability to make you feel like that you are at the apex of knowledge right now 
while also cutting you down a peg when you needed to be cut down a peg. I think that that is just a such a talent that comes maybe over time. I think there's a swagger that comes at being behind that podium and behind that lectern and really getting to know these people. It's going to be really hard to replace them, and I'm really glad Jeopardy is taking their time on this. All right, Casey scores for all three of our combatants. Well, if James was anything at, at Jeopardy like he is at this game right now, he wouldn't do very well because I mean, <laughs> uh, you got you got to throw, you got got to keep an eye on the mute button. So we're going to have to. Hit James with a one. Other two guys will uh, we'll give them both a seven. All right, next topic. It's an expensive toilet, and taxpayers have been paying for it. The Secret Service members who have been protecting Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner have been using a pricey toilet when at their home, but it's not in the home. The Washington Post reports that since President Trump came into office and the duo moved to D.C., Agents were instructed not to use any of the six bathrooms inside their mansion. Instead, the federal government has been spending $3,000 a month to rent a basement studio with a bathroom from one of their neighbors. It's been happening since September 2017 to the tune of more than $100,000. Before that, they used a porta potty on the sidewalk, even says the paper the bathroom of the nearby home of former President Barack Obama. Matt Piper, CBS News. We're going to start with James. Are you okay with strangers using your home toilet, or would you rather they didn't? 30 seconds. If they're paying my mortgage, heck yeah. Come on in, gentlemen. My wife has some waffles and some some, some coffee for you. Are you kidding me? If, they, if they're paying that much and just in utilities and, and uh, your rent alone, man, that'd be awesome, too. Hey, kids, look at look at the guy's guns. You can you can put them on the, the, the kitchen counter while you guys do your business. I don't mind at all. It's like an Airbnb, but for bathrooms. It's just air, air bathroom and bathroom. No problem at all. Matt, 30 seconds. Waffles and coffee. They're going to be coming back to that Airbnb, let me tell you. Um, I would have said prior to COVID, yes. But now in this current environment, just absolutely not. Either you got to hold it in or find a Snapple bottle or figure it out on your own. Um, can't really risk much in this current climate just because you just never know anymore. But the fact that this was going back like four years that they were not letting them use the bathroom, like, come on, it's just letting them use the bathroom. What are they going to do? Steal a decorative soap? Are they going to like try and like rip a fixture out the wall? I don't think so. It's ridiculous. And Ryan, 30 seconds. I mean, I'm someone who goes to the bathroom a lot. I need to go to the bathroom a lot. I like knowing where public toilets are. Um, uh, I would happily let anyone use my bathroom. In COVID time, it's obviously a little more complicated. Like, I'd probably just be like, yo, like, I'm going to leave the house. You can use the bathroom so there's not two of us in this confined space. Also, like, everything that Ivanka and Jared do is, like, evil space alien shit. And, like, it's never correct. So anything they're doing, if you do the opposite of, you're probably a good person. <laughs> All right, Casey, what score do you want to give out? Zero to ten. So just because everyone kind of went roundabout here. James said yes, he would allow it. And Matt and Ryan said no. Correct? Oh, no, no. I would allow. I would I would absolutely allow. But I would have allowed it pre-COVID. Yeah, yeah. They're gray answers. Okay. Very gray answers. They're very great answers, so you know what? I'm confused by each of them. It was very roundabout, so I'm going to say nobody answered it correctly. And I, as someone who's had construction in his house over the past few months, and I hate the idea of these guys using my bathroom, I'm going to have to go zero for this one. You can go as low as zero. Zero for this one? Yep. All right, we're going to give them all zero. (laughs) <laughs> gonna give him all zero. Oh, see how he was all generous at the start. Now he's doling out zeros. Not even a word. Generous. I feel, I feel strongly about this subject matter. I feel strongly about it. Sorry. Oh uh, well, this is Master Debaters. There's more right here on KTSa. This is Master Debaters from 550 KTSa and FM 1071. I'm Dennis Foley. Joining us this week is Matt Napolitano, Ryan Broderick, and James Ponce, who are all working to coerce or judge Casey to give them more points than their fellow competitors. Let's keep the debate going. State your case on Master Debaters. So our judge before, the, uh, excuse me, our competitors before the show came with a topic they wanted to talk about. It's a case they want to present to the judge. They will get 60 seconds to do so. During those 60 seconds, 
If the other combatants wish to challenge, they will get 30 seconds each after the case is done being presented to present their challenge. After all those challenges, the original presenter will get their own 30 seconds to address the challengers. If they change their topic from what they originally sent in, I'll assess an automatic five-point penalty. Sometimes it's worth the cost. It's an option out there. There are also now more points at stake. Our judge can now give up to 20 points or take away up to 20 points at the end of each topic. That's even whether they challenge or choose not to challenge. So right now our points leader is Matt. So Matt, you get to start with your 60-second argument. Well, as we've all seen, the COVID vaccine has arrived from Pfizer and Moderna. And the fact of the matter is the U.S., much like the initial response to this pandemic, is botching the rollout of this, too. We've already seen a number of issues in regards to bottlenecking, in regards to the proper distribution, the proper handling and care of these vaccines. You had the one case out of Wisconsin where a pharmacist intentionally dropped it as a way of sending some sort of sickening message about just how, uh, you know, this is all being controlled and something so heinously idiotic. And then you also have problems now in New York where you have people tossing out dosages of this because they're being restricted on who it can be given to. The fact of the matter is there was months to get a system in place to prepare for the distribution of this, and people sat idly by because they didn't think it would happen. The reality is if you give science a lot of money, things can happen fast. And we're now learning that and the fact that we have these two vaccines as a reality, a third one coming down the pipeline soon from Johnson Johnson. We need to get things together here to figure out how to make sure people are getting prioritized, getting these vaccines in time. We're not wasting dosages and we're making sure that everybody is accounted for by the summer. All right, James, 30 second challenge. Challenge simply because you're saying that it's botched, but in our standards, it's not botched. It's working just right. This is it. Being botched is exactly on part of what we expected. We can't do anything right. Yes, you throw science a lot of money and things happen, but you give that money to the government to give the science and ain't nothing gonna happen. Look, we knew that this was gonna be a big mess up. So essentially, it's not a big botch. We're, we're, we're exactly where we, we thought we were gonna be. Messing everything up. All right, Matt, 30 second rebuttal. I'm not denying the reality of it. Yeah, we all knew it was going to be botched. I mean, we're all anticipating it. It was the safe horse in this race. It's like betting on secretary when it comes to anything involving government interloping with any kind of level of science. But the fact of the matter is we sat on this for so long, we should have had some kind of plan or just some basic ideology for states to go by to be in place, even if it was just something to make it go at, this, at a snail's pace that would have taken us through the year. And we just needed something, but there was no guidance whatsoever on how to get through this. And once again, states are left holding the bag and all of us are left wait, wondering and waiting and just wanting to get in line and get this thing done. All right, Casey, you can give out points to all three of our competitors, anywhere from negative 20 to positive 20 for those arguments or lack of argument. <laughs> oh, man. That, that, that rebuttal there, it felt like B-Rabbit, Papa Doc, man. It just came. Well, actually, that was one-sided, so I guess that's the bad example. The first go-around, I guess the rivalry as a whole. But you know what? I like, I like James's stance there is that there really is no botch when this is the reality of it. So I'm going to give him, I'm going to make him the high man. I'm going to put him at 10, bouncing back from that, from that muted mic a couple minutes ago. And, and the other side, did, did Ryan even respond? No, he uh, chose to abstain. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's a hofter guy, so I'll give him five. And then I'll give Nap okay. to nine on his end. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ryan, your turn for your 60-second argument. Uh, yeah, it's really simple. Um, we need to break up all huge tech monopolies. I think there should be a cap on how, uh, how big a website is allowed to get. I think it is completely unacceptable that uh, these massive companies like Google, Facebook, Amazon can essentially disappear you from the Internet. Uh, this week we saw this with Parler, the right-wing website. I hate Parler. I think it is a hive of extremist violence. It is basically like American Al-Qaeda. At the same time, though, a company like Amazon shouldn't be allowed to make a decision to vanish you from the Internet. I think Parler shouldn't exist, but also I think Amazon shouldn't control like 80% of all web hosting. This is a problem for Facebook, too, where you, Facebook has Instagram, Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, Facebook Blue, Facebook Marketplace, like all these things where you can't get away from it. And then even if you're not on Facebook, you've got the pixel, so you can't get away from that either. So there's, it, it follows you everywhere, and these companies need to be broken up. We need to bust trusts. 
All right, uh, James, a thirty-second uh, challenge. Ooh, this, this is a tough challenge. I'm not gonna lie, because a lot of that you said I agree. But here's here's where I'm going with it. All right, we can all say, "Oh, big tech, big tech, break it down," but it's not gonna happen. We're not gonna go back. A callback. We're gonna throw rocks or get our machetes out and get these global. No, it's not gonna work that way. Let them get real big, and just like on the game Monopoly, the person who wins and has everything, guess what? They go home and they're the ones that hate it. We gotta find out who's who. This is the best way to smoke out big tech and get them out on our own. All right, Great Matt. New things. Matt, thirty second challenge. I think it's also a devolved responsibility in a way. I mean, it goes back to when Apple was refusing to unlock the phones of the San Bernardino shooters. I think there's a huge problem here where there's not wanting to align and try and figure out if there's something awry within public comments or what's coming to fruition. I mean, we could have tracked down some of this stuff that happened at the U.S. Capitol through merely getting access through people's Twitter accounts, through all this QAnon nonsense that's getting spread throughout all over the place. The fact that Parler is, you know, as Ryan said perfectly, just become this hive of just American Al-Qaeda, essentially. It is just something that's just so devolved at this point. It, there's no breaking it up, I almost feel. And Ryan, 30-second rebuttal. This has happened a bunch in this this country's history. I mean, we had the robber barons of the, the turn of the last century controlling all of the train uh, industry. Very famously, we had uh, President Roosevelt spit out his sausage over breakfast as he read about the disgusting working conditions of uh, the factory monopolies. This always happens. The only problem with where we are now is it's a little more complicated for Americans to realize that like information is a service. And we're being poisoned by giant companies that don't care about giving us a good service. Basically, we live in McDonald's world, is what I'm trying to say. All right, Casey, what scores you want to give out? Negative 20 to positive 20. Uh, we're going to go 10 for Naps and James. And Ryan, we're going to give a 12 because he was right on his toes with that rebuttal, man. He was right there with that counterpunch. So 12 for Ryan, 10 for the other guys. All right. And James, your 60-second argument starts now. Wow, some serious topics here, but I think mine might be a little bit more serious. And I, I'm sorry to bring it down, but uh, we're all been quarantined. We've all been home. We've all been doing the same thing, binging on Netflix more than likely. And I don't understand why everything has to be a series. What happened to just movies? All right. If I'm watching, oh, uh, Scott Thompson, the, the maker of Michelin, and I start to watch it. What? what? It's a nine season series? No. Oh, I'm so glad I thought that was a bell for me to be done. That's my point. See what happened? I, I left you at the cliff with a cliffhanger, and you're like, I want to hear more. Well, guess what? That's how it works. These seasons are just there to trick you. Cobra Kai, I get it, you guys. It's great and stuff, but don't don't get fueled with the fire for these movies, these slash movies that last forever, right? Just one. That's all we need. Just one about the guy who uh, died in a mining accident. We don't need to have 18 seasons of this guy. That's enough. Matt, 30-second challenge. No, I, I was with you there, James, and then, you know, the pandemic struck, and that completely changed my opinion to the likes of Netflix and Amazon Prime and Hulu and all these outlets because I have just been so desperate for content to watch to get my mind off just the awfulness that is surrounding in our everyday world, especially when I had no sports to rely on for a while there, any live sports at that. I, You know, shows like Nailed It. Shows like go, uh, Crazy Delicious, shows like The Circle, shows like The Floor is Lava. That stuff got me through some trying times. I'm not going to lie. I can't hate on Netflix for making those come forward. All right, James, 30-second rebuttal. So the examples you gave, I could even agree with that. We're talking simple, non-scripted game show style stuff. But my problem, if you will, is things that could just be a movie. Things that are just movies. What you said, lava floors, lava, nailed it. Of course, that's easy. That's like eating munchkins out of the box. Here we go. One, two, three. I don't even know what the flavor is, but I'm talking the main <laughs> course. Now we have a of a, 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 the main course from the dinner, and it's going to be an 18 season spectacular. I don't have time. All right, Casey, what scores you want to give out? Negative 20 to positive 20 for the arguments. <laughs> what the hell just happened? <laughs> like, <laughs> the transition. From the severity of subject matter, it's like James jumping in here, just like, oh, I'm not going to read the room. I'm going to start talking about seasons of Netflix. <laughs> 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 like, like, 
like, oh man, that that would I, I don't know if that deserves some love in itself or that's bad in itself. Either way, either way. Um, wow, what? Okay, uh, I'm gonna have to go. I guess a little bit along the lines of, I guess, uh, probably closer to what Naps was saying. Actually, no, 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 no. You know what? You know what? I disagree with that. I'm going to go with what James was saying. Why? Because I really hated Flores Lava. I really did. And it sounded like Naps was more enamored with that program than James was. Because as Naps was talking about, it got me through some really trying times. Well, I didn't like that show. I thought it was bad. I didn't like it at all. So Naps are going to give a five. James, we're going to give a 10 for not reading the room. And Ryan, just chilling. We'll give him a five, too. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I let them fight it out. Ryan's just chilling back there, man. So who's going to win? It all comes down to one final fight. This is Master Debaters from KTSA. From 550 KTSA and FM 1071, this is Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. That argument... It's going to end right here and right now. To battle this week between Matt Napolitano, Ryan Broderick, and James Ponce, to convince our judge, Casey, that their argument is the best argu- argument. But right now, it comes down to one final fight. Closing arguments on Master Debaters. So this is where it all gets decided in a four-minute melee. I present a topic, and our three contestants will cash that amongst themselves for a whole four minutes. Not more than four minutes. And not less than four minutes. A whole four minutes. So at the sound of the final buzzer, our judge will give each combatant up to 100 points or could take away up to 100 points, depending on their mood. Casey was generous to start. He's become <laughs> a little less generous, so we'll see how that goes. The person with the fewest points got a 15-second head start. Everyone can join in after the little dinging bell has rung. So right now... The contestant with the fewest points is Ryan. The topic, lottery jackpots keep climbing. The numbers keep growing along with the hype. No big winner again for Wednesday's Powerball drawing. The estimated jackpot for the next drawing Saturday is now $640 million, the fifth largest ever. This is also the longest streak 34 drawings in a row with no jackpot winner. As for the Mega Millions, Friday's drawing is now worth $750 million, the second largest jackpot. Combined, close to $1.4 billion up for grabs. Lionel Moyes, ABC News. So for four minutes, you all, with a 15-second head start for Ryan, you're all going to tell me what the best way is to use all that money. Oh, wow. Asking a millennial how to spend a huge amount of money is a very hilarious thing. Okay, so, I mean, my first thought is student loan debt. All right, Hofstra, you can finally get all the money back or whatever. Um, so that's that's going to go to a chunk of that for sure. Let's get rid of that right away. Uh, let's do all the smart stuff first. So, like, student loans, pay those. Let's buy some property, like some, like some safe property. Nothing crazy yet. I feel like we're going to start buying crazier shit, like, down the line. Then like like <laughs> let's invest it. Like let's invest in Tesla or something. What the hell? Like that crazy guy's just gonna keep going. So now that we've got some safe bets down, now I think it's time to just go completely berserk. So we're trading crypto like crazy. I think we should maybe start uh buying islands in like Central America and turn trying to turn them into like sovereign nations. I think uh let's buy a football team. What the heck? You know, I think I think because we're we're now we're making money, you know, because we've got we've got good investments. We're trading crypto. We're gonna turn that couple million or whatever it is into even more money. That's well, my plan. It's it's billions now. Some of these states have gone up to billions. And here's the thing with the with the B word. As if you're saying we as a group of us guys, I'm I'm in. Let's get a van and let's go. But if we're saying we as the country, what do we do with this money? Yeah, he's right. We're buying countries, you guys. What what are we doing? We're selling countries. We're doing crazy deals. Guess we what? El Paso. Get Greenland out right. You're El yeah. Paso. You're now part of New, New, you're part of New Mexico. Houston. You're now part of uh, Louisiana. <laughs> what? We're going crazy. We do what we want. I'm gonna buy a chunk of the moon. That's what I'm gonna do. I mean, when we are finally up there, I want to have my spot reserved. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm gonna use my money for. 
I mean, I'm just trying to get past just the hurdle of just getting over all my debts right there. I feel like that's going to take up at least a good chunk of that billion. The, the debate is reality we, of hospital education. The key word of this debate is we. What do we do with this money? Here's what we do. Let's say it's Texans. Let's say it's up to the billions and we don't get, do anything. What do we do? As Texans, we go to another state and we buy all their lottery tickets. With that billion dollars, we're going to buy a billion dollars worth of California's lottery tickets and we're going to win at least one. We're going to at least what double our money guys this is we're not thinking we got to think how to be it's like you get a genie and and what do you wish for for more wishes we're right on target with this kind of thing oh and we pick one guy to go to vegas and bet on black i'm thinking going like the dolly parton route it's like how much does science need to crank out more of these vaccines how much you need here's a check let's like get this thing rolling you know bankroll myself start buying into some biotech companies to try and really just bank bankroll myself even further with investments i'd go that route yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, I want, I know, I, I definitely would want to, you know, obviously help out family, get some, some money to charity too. But then beyond that, I don't know, like, I can't even think of like what I would want to spend on myself because, like, I would, again, I would never want to spend a lot on a, an extravagant car because, like, I never uh, understood I would want to get like again, a $3 million dollar car. I'd be terrified to drive that thing because I'd be where the slightest dent or like the slightest scratch from just going around the block in the neighborhood, especially yeah. I live in New York. I'm not trusting no $3 million car out here in New York City. Just in terms you of driving, you know, someone going to smack right into it with a taxi. I'd the buy a lot of nice socks. Once again, what, what we do as a country, you guys, you're saying we. That's the debate. We. What we do as a country. Once again, we, us, whoever, if it's just us, group of guys, we buy a giant mattress and we put the money underneath that. The, the mattress goes from here across Mexico and we're putting we're it a giant the money. cover. Like... <laughs> we're like a grandma does. We hide that money. Right, we're gonna put it in a hole in the backyard. No one's gonna find it. It's a yeah. billion dollars. It's gonna be a lot of holes, but it's gonna pay off in the long run, gentlemen. You're Is your grandma Ron Swanson? Like, wow, guys, <laughs> we like we clearly came of age in the recession. Listening to this, this is nuts. <laughs> we're gonna hoard this money. Now, the most concerning part. That before I go to Casey, the most concerning part of the argument I heard was from James suggesting that Houston go to Louisiana. And then also El Paso to New Mexico. But man, one way to kill a city in Texas is having it in Louisiana. So, uh, Casey, what uh, what points do you want to give out? <laughs> man, the thing is, though, like, Foley and I can relate because we both live in Louisiana. So, like, yeah. we, we, so we can both speak to it. I don't know if I'd go as far as to say. Hey, it was a city 20 miles east of the Texas border. You could tell the difference when he crossed that border. Just saying. Mm. Oh, you can tell the difference when you get to like Carthage, <laughs> give or take. Tyler, somewhere yeah, around that ballpark. Yeah. But yeah. Um, um, what? Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, scoring it. Uh, that was all very valid. And I would probably want in on that too. We're kind of on the same page with a lot of you guys. But. Matt, Matt was the most humane, and I feel like I'm in a giving mood today, as I alluded to, despite the zeros I threw out there. I started in a giving mood. I'm going to end in a giving mood. He was the most humane, most thoughtful of the bunch. So it's one through 100, right? Negative 100 to positive 100. <laughs> Jesus, negative 100. Oh, damn. <laughs> hey, there could be some bad arguments out there. Got to be prepared for them. Well, I will say this, like, from an argument standpoint, it was pretty bad because they were all kind of on the same page. There wasn't much of a debate there. Uh, mm. It was all kind of an agreement. So there wasn't much of a debate. But I like what they were saying, though. They're all on the same page. But Matt is going to get the edge here. We're going to give him a 50 spot. The other two guys are going to give him 45. Mm. Okay. Let's see. Do some math here. See who our winner is this week. So, after a very, very, very long period of just talking about things, just seeing how we're all doing, maybe we agree, maybe we don't agree on very controversial topics. It's now time to name this week's master debater. In third place, with 115 points, Ryan. In second place, with 116 points, James, which means this week's master debater 
With 123 points, Matt Napolitano. Matt, you get 60 seconds to celebrate. Starts now. Go say things. Well, first of all, thank you to my fellow competitors and to our judge tonight. This is huge because I think this is what my fourth time on this show and I finally dug out of the third place hole. This is like surreal right now that I finally didn't choke in the final two rounds like I do on most game shows. This was really a lot of fun. You know, it's a fresh new year and a fresh new start for all of us in 2021. And really all I can hope for for everybody out there is that we get through this one a lot brighter, a lot happier, and a lot more confident than the year before. There's a lot of new things ahead for everybody. And we can only hope that we can get through this crisis that we're going through here in the US and worldwide of the pandemic together. We're almost at the finish line. So stay positive and test negative. And really just thank you all again for listening. That's all I got. Anybody else wants to chime in? I will gladly welcome it. <laughs> Congrats, finger billions uh, widely. Delete your uh, <laughs> Oh, that's, that's been gone for four years. <laughs> now, just for the record, Matt, you've been a runner up three times in third place only once. So, not always last. It's only been last. And yes, we do keep stats here. So, uh, that's it. Our <laughs> big thanks to our three contestants. <laughs> Matt Napolitano, who you can hear each weekday afternoon on Fox News Headlines 24-7 on Sirius XM Channel 115. Brian Broderick, you can read multiple times a week in the Garbage Day newsletter. And James Ponce, who is still in an undisclosed location somewhere in the world. And a big thanks to our judge this week, Casey from Leon Valley. Master Debaters is a production of XS Studios in KTSA San Antonio. Learn more about Master Debaters online on the Master Debaters page of KTSA.com. I'm Dennis Foley. This has been Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. San Antonio's home for news and talk. On air, online, and on demand. 550 KTSA and FM 1071.